I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. We're going to be talking tonight about prayer that produces spiritual birth. And that when, what that means is the travail, inward and, and outward groanings, and at times, tears. Now, before we jump into this, the Holy Spirit began to deal with me this morning, and he said, Margie, because this kind of prayer involves so much of the Holy Spirit, and it involves one to be very sensitive to the Holy Spirit, he said to me, it's very important that you teach my people that they have a right heart, that their heart is postured in a manner whereby they don't regard iniquity in their heart, they're not in strife with anyone, don't have unforgiveness against anyone because the Bible says in Psalm 66, 17 through 29, that if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So it's very important that as you enter into prayer, whatever kind of prayer you are praying, that you have a right heart, especially in talking about travail and intercession and the kind of prayer that brings birth. The Holy Spirit, who desires to work through you as a house of prayer, Isaiah 56, 7, it's very important that you understand that the Holy Spirit is a person, and he can be grieved. And, and if we have unforgiveness and bitterness in our hearts, we'll grieve him, and he'll cause him not to rise up and flow up out of us in the measure that he desires to rise up and flow forth, especially in travail and groanings and tears and intercession. And the Spirit of God also said to me this morning, he said to me, and this is for somebody, I don't know who this is for, he said, don't allow yourself to become fixated on that one person. He said to me, you tell them that this is a distraction to destiny. He said, Tell them to fix their eyes on me, on Jesus. I am the author and the fit finisher of their spiritual race. Tell them to keep running and to let the unforgiveness and the bitterness go. It is not worth it. It is a weight. It is a sin that easily besets us and keeps us from running the race successfully that's set before us. So what we want to do, my friends, is we want to turn away from anything that would distract to Jesus. And if I regard iniquity in my heart, and if I have unforgiveness against somebody, I'm looking at that person and I'm distracted at the noise of the enemy and I'm distracted because I'm thinking about them and, and all the things that they did to me and I'm not focused in on Jesus. And ultimately what happens is that we begin to grieve the Holy Spirit and therefore he can't have full expression in and through us, especially in regards to talking about prayer, prevailing intercession, tears and intercession, the kind of prayer we're going to be talking about tonight. Now, the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 29-31, says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is necessary 
for the use of edify, that it may minister grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. That he says here, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, evil speaking, malice, and be put away from you. Why? Because it grieves the Holy Spirit. Okay? So after you've gone into prayer and after you've already been pricked in your heart that you need to forgive and let go, um, you do what 1 John 1, 9 says, you confess your sin. The Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. What do you do after you've confessed and you've forgiven and you've spoke about, spoke to God about that person, said, I forgive them? Well, then you just move on. You realize that he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So don't allow that particular thing to be a distraction as you enter into prayer. As a matter of fact, I hear the Holy Ghost saying that, you know, forgiveness has nothing to do with feelings. You can love someone uh, from a distance and you can forgive someone and you can still sometimes have feelings and thoughts in your mind. Feelings has nothing to do with forgiveness. You just forgive them by faith. And eventually, the forgiveness and the action of forgiveness, eventually your feelings will line up. And remember, after you confess your sin, remember Romans 8, 1 says that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We're not walking after the flesh. We're walking after the spirit. We want God. We want more of God. We want to be seekers of his heart seekers of his presence and we're going to continue to run this race and there is no condemnation we don't have to look back we can look forward and just keep moving okay james 5 16 says in the amplified therefore confess your sins to one another your false steps your offenses and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man or believer accomplishes much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic. What is the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man? It is dynamic and has tremendous power. Elijah was a man subject to like passions like you and I are, but the Bible says he prayed earnestly for it not to rain, and the Bible says it did not rain on the earth for three years. And six months and then he prayed again and the sky gave rain and the land produced its crops as usual so elijah was a man just like you and i elijah was subject to like passions as we are and but the bible says his prayers were dynamic in its working his prayers availed much he was able to to cause the rain to come to the earth you know, you think about that, and I was thinking about that today, how, you know, here we have Elijah, and he was under the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. Well, how much more, you and I, the Bible says, we are under a better covenant based upon better promises. Should our prayers avail much? The key is not looking at your own inadequacies, and looking at your own faults and failures. You have to look unto Jesus. In my book, Focus, I talk about the more we look at ourselves, the more we become a crippled people. So when we look unto Jesus and we look into his heart, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory to glory. And that person that was so hard to forgive, we will begin to see him 
as God sees him. When we begin to love that person like God loves that person. Because oftentimes hurting people hurt people. So the moral of this particular introduction is this. Let them go. Let that person go. It is not worth holding on to unforgiveness, bitterness, envy, strife, evil speaking, none of it, because it grieves the Holy Spirit. And in talking about travail and intercession, the Holy Spirit is very involved. So it's very important that we maintain a posture of love and forgiveness. Okay, a quick review on how to pray. We've talked about this. We pray the word of God, and then we pray in tongues. Now, this came to me last week, and I'm going to share it with you about tongues. When you pray in tongues, you are praying God's solution to problems and God's answers to questions. Therefore, all things work together for the good to those that love God and those who are called according to his purpose. We've had so much revelation on the subject of tongues in our last two lives. It's just been incredible. And I just wanted to share this other nugget with you. So we pray the word. We pray in tongues. Now, there is a third kind of prayer, which we're going to get in tonight. Now, this is number 11, and I thought we were going to get into this on, on Facebook Live number two, but it's taken us this long to get here. The third kind of prayer, specifically when it comes to intercession, is travailing prayer, groanings, what I call the third dimension or the inner workings of the Holy Spirit. Now, very long ago in February, I shared a prophecy by Kennedy Hagan, and he prophesied, I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, we don't have to, but he prophesied about this great move of God, a great move of the Spirit that is coming on the earth, and, and he prophesied this this particular prophecy still has not yet come to pass. I believe that we are entering into this phase of this great move of God. We are entering into a great awakening. We have already stepped into it. That's why God said, I want you to ramp up the prayer movement. I want you to teach my people how to pray. I want my people to enter into the spirit of grace and supplication because I desire to do some great and mighty things. They call upon me. I want to answer them and show them great and mighty things because as they pray and as they intercede and as they stand as watchmen on the walls, uh, he said, I can do what I desire to do because God, man is God's avenue into the earth. We have not because we ask not. So, so Timothy Hagen gave this word of prophecy. And here's one of the things that he said. He said, the spirit of God said through him, but this move of God, even though it is the will of God, he said, you see, God is speaking forth his will. God is speaking forth his plan. Even though it is the will of God, see, you are the body of Christ. I'm feeling emotional right now because I feel the Holy Ghost on this. I have so much passion about this word. You are, I have carried this word in my heart since 1981 when God sent me to the East Coast. He said, this land that is desolate is going to become like the Garden of Eden. There I am sending a revival. I, I am sending a great move of God. And we have been waiting since 1981. But I believe that we are right on the verge of some great and mighty things, on the verge of that which we many of us have carried in our hearts. We've carried it 
a pregnant woman, like a woman who has been pregnant. And I believe we are in about the eighth and a half month of pregnancy. And that's why Zion, which is the church, is beginning to travail. And we're beginning to sense an awakening of the travail kind of prayer. And then because God wants to give birth to that which he has in his heart. But we are co-laborers together with God. And we join forces together with him. And he accomplishes his will in and through us as we yield to the spirit of grace and supplication. He said, you are the body of Christ. He said, that great move of God that is just waiting there. He said, it cannot come unless the church gives birth to it. Remember that Paul writing to the church at Galatia said, my little children in whom I travail in birth again till Christ be formed in you. The spirit of God said through Kenneth E. Hagin, the way you will give birth unto the move of God, unto that which he has planned and that which is his highest purpose and will for your land and for the same. The way you give birth to it is through travail and intercessory prayer. This is not a subject you hear taught anymore, but it is a subject that God is reviving. It is a subject that God is reviving because he is beginning to move on the inside of his intercessors. Some people know what it is, and some people don't know what it is, especially our young people. They have not heard about this kind of praying. That's why it's very important for those of you, Geraldine and, and many of you, Lisa and Kathleen, Catherine, and, and many of you, Sue, we know, and Marcia, you are, we are the mothers and the fathers, and it's our job to teach our children how to pray. And if you don't understand tongues, I believe that's changing, let alone the art of intercession, which is travail in intercession. Okay, so. I want to talk to you about something that happened in my house before we progress in this teaching. I had a private prayer, leaders prayer home event, and it took place right here in my home. And I have to be honest with you, it was one of the most out, outstanding um, prayer meetings I have been involved in in decades. The reason I keep it private is because I want to screen who's here so that we're all in love, and we're all in unity, we're co-labors together with God. There's no pride or selfish ambition. Everybody's here for one purpose, and that is to build the kingdom of God. And in this prayer meeting, the purpose of the prayer meeting in my home amongst us leaders, and by the way, we had 60 of us, and some of us knew each other and some of us didn't. But it didn't matter because we all had things in common. Our common desire was to see the kingdom of God built, see God have his way in the earth. And as leaders, we, 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 we just decided and we're deciding more and more that we're just going to lay aside our differences and we're going to enter into the heart of God and into the place of unity. You know, whether we agree on everything doctrinally or not, when we come together in prayer as, as believers or as leaders, Prayer will produce intimacy in and amongst us. In this meeting, the purpose of the meeting was prayer. Nobody was going to teach. Nobody was going to preach. We have enough of those kind of meetings. I, I, you know, I'm happy for teaching and I'm happy for church services. But Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. We need some 
Holy Ghost prayer meetings where the Spirit of God just rises up and He falls on us and flows up through us. And so our intention and our, our leading of the Spirit was purposeful and it was to pray. And my friend Angel Carlos, she brought her keyboard and we the, my whole house was filled with people in every room, even the foyer. And Angel began to lead us into worship. And we said, we said before we started, we said, we're just going to let the Holy Spirit have his way. And, and, and I said to the people, we're going to let him have his way. And I long for us to get lost in the Spirit. And when I said get lost in the Spirit, it was amazing because mostly everyone instantaneously responded with like a yes. We need to get lost in the Spirit. Yes, we're ready to pray. Yes, we're ready to seek the Lord. Yes, we're laying aside our differences. Yes, we're here for the purpose of, of entering into prayer so that we may birth that which God wants to do and desire to do through us, especially since we're strong. Most of the people that are in my home are strong leaders. You know, the Bible says, we them that are strong, we should bear the infirmities of the weak. And to whom much is given, much more is required, and there's so much more that is required of us. And so it was a beautiful thing to see all of us gather together in one accord, in one place. You know, nothing will be impossible to us, which we have imagined to do. God said in, in, in Psalms 30, 133, he said, when my brethren dwell together in unity, heart unity, not mental unity, heart unity. He said, that's when I can command my blessings. So Angel began to lead us into worship, and she's so anointed. If you don't know Angel Carlos, Google her. She's a very anointed prophetess and psalmist and teacher and preacher of the word. And she led us into worship, and we were worshiping, and we were in that place of prayer. And people told me that the minute she started playing, the power of God filled the house where we were sitting. I'm waiting for the day when the Holy Ghost fills the house where we're sitting in our homes and our churches, and it shakes like it did in the early church. You know, the Bible says when they were in one accord in one place, the house shook. How about the house shaking when we pray? You know, you know, our prayers are dynamic, dynamic in its working, and they're effectual. So he began to worship God, and we all entered in instantaneously. And instantaneously, there was... I was aware that that anointing came upon us and rose up within us. And there was no thought of self. There was no thought of who was sitting next to me or what was happening in the other room. Everyone just focused their attention on Jesus, who was the author and the finisher of this revival and this move of God. And we began to worship him with clean hands and a pure heart. And we entered in and we worshiped and we worshiped and we went into tongues and worshiped and, and we sang in tongues and and, and, and we sang songs in English. And, and, and as I was standing there, because Angel and I were, in a sense, orchestrating the meeting together, even though others were very much involved as we proceeded in this time of prayer, because it's the Holy Spirit's meeting. It wasn't my meeting or Angel's meeting. As I was standing there, a desire rose up inside of me. And, and I want you to hear this. Remember, some things are better caught than taught. The desire rose up from within me, and the desire said, I desire to manifest the power gifts in the earth. I desire to manifest the power gifts in the earth. So there was desire in my heart, 
And I also just had thoughts in my head, and I believe they were thought, and I know they were thoughts from the Holy Spirit, because remember, he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable with his thoughts. And so, and then the thoughts came, I desire to manifest the power gifts in and amongst my people, in and amongst the world. And, and you know, prayer, we said, one of the ingredients to successful intercession is desire. You have to have desire. And that desire propels you into the spirit. That desire propels you to press into God. That desire propels you to give birth. That desire propels you to keep praying until you have breakthrough. So I just, I was, I just, you know, we, we all flowed together and I took the mic and I began to lead the people and lead all of us. We were all in unity and one accord. Nobody stopped praying just to listen to what I had to say. We all went together and I began to pray, Lord, you know, we desire that the power gifts be in manifestation. What are the power gifts? If you don't know, the power gifts are the working of miracles, gifts of healings, the gift of faith. So we were praying and desiring that power gifts would be in manifestation. And then the prayer shifted. And then the prayer went into this prayer of dedication and consecration. And the prayer of worship and dedication and consecration was, we promise, Father, to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory as you begin to manifest these power gifts. And we began to worship him. And we said, Father, we're asking that you would trust us with the manifestation of these dunamis, Acts 1-8, power gifts. Then we, we went into prayer. And then, and then suddenly I, I sensed a stirring or a, a turning in my spirit. And the turning in my spirit um, was 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 not English. It was not tongues. There was a stirring and an inner working and a longing and a desiring. And I grabbed the hold of my friend Easter Frazier because I knew I sensed that she too was was entering into the same kind of flow that I was. And and I be I held hands or arms, locked arms with her. And together we begin to pray out this desire, pray out this longing, pray out this kind of praying that was too deep for words. There were no words. It was groanings. It was an inner working. It was travail. It was a roaring. It was a yearning. And it was intercession. Are you listening to me? It was intercession. It was the third dimension of prayer. The prayer that produces birth. It was intercession. It was the most powerful thing. And, and I said to everyone, I, I, for just a moment, I said to everyone, you can't see it, but I'm putting my hand on my, on my innermost being, John 7, 38. And I said to everyone present, I said, do you sense that? And everybody immediately said, yes. I said, this is the prayer of intercession. Let's yield over to it. And we begin to yield um, together as a group. It was incredible because the minute I entered in and Easter entered in, everyone else, we all together began to enter in. And it was in unison and it was in unity. We entered into the Romans 8, 26 through 28 kind of praying. We groaned. 
we let loose. And it was like we were giving birth to something and we pushed and we prayed and we pushed and we prayed. And then it would lift for a little while. And then we would just lift our hands and we would worship again because the key to successful intercession, and especially those who intercede, those of you that intercede a lot, it's very important that you understand that when you pray the prayer of intercession, it is a giving out. And so you're giving out. But when you pray the prayer of worship, the Holy Spirit is refreshing you, mounting up with wings like eagles. So we had a balance of the word of the of the intercession and the worship. We went back into worship and we worshiped some more. But I still felt like on the inside of me, we still had to give birth to something. There was still something not yet done. So we again, I held arms with Easter, and we prayed when we groaned and we interceded with this kind of praying, and everyone entered in. It was amazing, the unity that I saw in and amongst us. I have not seen this kind of prayer, group prayer like this in literally decades. It was so uh, refreshing to see everyone just entering in. And I knew, and I turned around, and I looked at Angel, and I said to Angel, now all the time she's still playing on the keyboard because the music enhances the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The music enhances manifestation of the holy spirit so she kept playing on the keyboard and and i and i i sensed that we were not done i turned to angel and i said to angel i said angel we're praying we're praying for the birth of and the manifestation for the power gifts in this great awakening that we're stepping into we're, we're birthing this in and i believe that's why god joined us as leaders together on May 15th was to give birth to that which is on his heart. Because you know, my friends, the Bible says one will chase a thousand to flight, two will put 10,000 to flight. Well, we have 60 of us here, all in unity, only one accord, all speaking the same thing of one accord, one mind, and we're all entering in. Nobody was lagging behind, at least not that I know of. And it was an amazing and amazing prayer time. And then I said to, then the spirit of God gave me the scripture from um, the woman with the issue of blood who suffered many things of many physicians, spent everything that she had. But when she heard of Jesus, she came in and she touched the hem of his garment and power went out of him and into her and healed her. And somehow that, that, that scripture came out in song or prophecy or however it, it flowed. We didn't get it on tape because this was such a sacred moment sacred prayer time i didn't want to tape it and make it public so and then the revelation came to me you know obviously that woman with the issue of blood she suffered for so long doctors could not help her she was completely and totally she totally and completely needed a miracle she needed what we call the working of miracles to manifest in her mortal body okay so the spirit of god said he said and Lord, and it came up out of my spirit. The thing I've been learning more and more is that God will put the prayer in your heart to pray. Did you get that? God will put the prayer in your heart to pray. How do you know God's put that prayer in your heart? You have a desire to pray that out. He's putting the prayer in your heart to pray. He wants you to pray it out so that he can accomplish his will in the earth. 
so as we entered in, the thought came to me that the woman touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Power went out of him and into her, and it healed her. Obviously, her faith was involved. We know that's what the scripture says. She pulled it out of him. But the thing the Holy Spirit said, that when she heard of Jesus, this was revelation. When she heard of Jesus, she didn't hear of a man. She didn't hear of a name. She didn't hear of, of a big name minister. She didn't hear of a Marty Ferran. She didn't hear of a Kenneth Hagin. She didn't hear of anybody's name. She heard of Jesus. And then the prayer switched. Then the prayer switched into that Christ would be formed in the body of Christ, that we would become his hands, his feet, his eyes, that, that as Christ would be formed in the body of Christ, there would be no competition among leadership. There would be no selfish ambition and pride. There would be nothing but Jesus, and he would be glorified. So you see how the flow of prayer went. It went from intercession that power gives be in manifestation to now we're praying that Christ would be formed in the body of Christ so that when these gifts begin to manifest, no man gets the glory. Because wasn't it our intent in the beginning of our prayer when we said, Lord, we promise you to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory? Didn't we say that in the beginning? Didn't we promise? It was a promise we made to the Lord when we were praying, when we, we began our prayer. We said, we promise. We're asking you to trust us. Well, there's none righteous, my friends. No, not one. We are all subject to like passions. So, but as Christ is formed in us and, and, and he rises up in us and, and he increases and we decrease, only Jesus will get the glory. And the beauty of the manifestation of the power gives is simply this. The Bible says, I'm not sure where it says it, but the Bible says many believed on Jesus because of the miracles. So when these miracles that we're desiring and we're coveting earnestly, like the scripture says, when they begin to manifest, many will believe on Jesus. Why? Because of the miracles, the signs and the wonders. The Holy Spirit always points to Jesus, who is the key figure in all of God's plan. The Holy Spirit never points to man. The Holy Spirit points to Jesus. And the reason why revivals in days gone by have dwindled out is because man began to get the glory. Man became high-minded. Man got in the way. Or man's traditions came in and choked the word or choked the move of God or stifled the move of God. Jesus said himself, he said, your traditions has caused this word of God to be of none effect. But as we focus in on Jesus and allow our King Jesus to be glorified, God said, I will manifest these gifts. Kennedy Hagin said something one time when I was many times in Bible school, and you probably heard me say this, and I'm going to say it over and over and over and over. I'm released. He said, if we don't desire and we don't covet earnestly, our gifts be in manifestation, he said, we will not see them. We have the revelation gifts. We have the utterance gifts. I know you know what they are, many of you. If you don't, just Google it. But the power of gifts are the working of miracles, gifts of healings, gifts of faith. Nobody is involved. Nobody can make that happen. It has to be God. With the power of God, like in the days of Catherine Coleman, begin to manifest. 
And when people are terminally ill, they're instantaneously healed by the grace of God, the almighty grace of God. In Catherine Coleman's meetings, people used to come into her meetings. They didn't believe, they came to disrespect her, they came to despise her. Reporters came in to write uh, derogatory articles about her. And some of those very ones were the ones that were healed by the power of God that flowed through the ministry of Catherine Coleman. I am telling you tonight, that mantle, that power, that dunamis is for us today. And as we begin to desire and believe and crave these manifestations, God will begin to rise up, Isaiah 61 through 5, and he will begin to rise up out of his church, and he will begin to demonstrate himself. The scripture says, the apostle Paul said, listen, I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom. Aren't you tired of that? He said, but I have come to you in demonstration of the Holy Spirit so that your faith won't be in the wisdom of man or in man's personality or how a man dresses or how a man looks. But your, 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 your uh, desire or you will, you will only seek to glorify Jesus so that your faith won't be in a personality but in the power of God. So this prayer meeting that we had in my home on May 15th was one of the most dynamic, Holy Spirit-inspired prayer meetings that I have been involved with in, 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 in a long, long time. And we set our hearts to seek the Lord. I said, we're going to pray at least an hour, just so everybody has like a goal. And I think that's good for those of you that have corporate prayer meetings in your church. It's good for people to know you know, that we're not, we're going to be praying for an hour. Because, you know, I'm the, I'm the kind of girl, you know, should we just watch one hour? And we just got to stick with the Bible, you know. Jesus said, could you just watch one hour? We're going to pray one hour. It's a discipline. It's not works. It's a discipline. I get on the treadmill and I make myself walk that treadmill for an hour. It's a discipline. Prayer is a discipline. It's, it's not works. So please don't misunderstand me. But it is a discipline. But it gave the people, the leaders that were here, a barometer, a time frame. Okay, we're going to get lost in the spirit. So just know we're going to be gone in the spirit for at least an hour. Well, let me just tell you, we had such a move of God in prayer. In prayer, we had a move of God in prayer, in supplications, intercessions, givings of thanks. Uh, we had tongues. We had all manner of prayer, according to Ephesians 6.18. We prayed, you know, I, I know he's not supposed to you know, watch and pray. We get that. But we prayed for one hour and 45 minutes. And to be honest, nobody wanted to stop. We were just sitting in the presence and the glory of God. It was just an outstanding day of prayer. To be honest, it was one of the desires of my heart. And we have labored for this. We have believed God for this, that we would have a group and a company of people that would pray the way we prayed on May 15th. To me, that was a full expression of what a Holy Ghost dynamic prayer meeting can be like when you gather people together in one accord. But the point I was trying to make, and obviously I've been, been moving with the Holy Ghost and we're flowing in the, in the spirit of God, is the point I wanted to make is that we, interestingly enough, we entered into groanings. We entered into travail. There was a deep working. And when I said, you feel that? And everyone said, yes. I said, let's enter in. I physically saw people that were here 
everyone went like this, literally moved a bit in, a, in their posture in the natural, and they entered in. I believe we gave birth to something fresh and something new. I want to read you something that I saw, I believe, in Charisma magazine, and it's an article by James Gall, and I also saw the same kind of thing in Jennifer LeClaire's book, Waging Prophetic Warfare, Effective Prayer Strategies to Defeat the Enemy. So James Gall said this. He is the co-founder of Encounters Network, and I'm going to read what he said, and then we're going to close. He said, as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. Travail is a form of intense intercession given by the Holy Spirit, whereby an individual or group is gripped by something that grips God's heart. Last week, we were gripped as a group with God's heart. The individual or group labors with him for an opening to be created so that the new life can come forth. The definition of travail from Webster's New World Dictionary is simple, James Gall says. Number one, very hard work. Number two, the pains of childbirth. Number three, intense pain, agony, to toil, to suffer the pains of childbirth. I have found this definition describing physical travail to be correct in the spiritual realm as well. Travail takes place after you've carried something in your heart for a period of time. It comes on you suddenly, like we had last week. Travail can be associated with the prayer of tears, but it does not require it. We'll talk about this next week. It is preceded by nurturing the promise what God has told us since 1981 about the East Coast. Later, the strategic time comes to push that promise forth through the prayer canal. Finally, you realize that the promise has been born and you are greatly relieved and the delivery is over. The prayer of travail is desiring to create an opening. Remember, we talked about desire. It was an intense desire that we pray that the power gifts would be in manifestation. The prayer of travail is God desiring to create an opening to bring forth a measure of life or growth. If the, quote, opening was already in place, there would not be the need for travail. Just as the opening in the natural womb is enlarged to bring forth the baby, so travail creates an opening or way where is before the opening or way was closed. I'm going to repeat that. Travail creates an opening or way whereas before the opening or way was closed. With travail, there is always a way for life, newness, change, and growth. We have entered into a season of birth. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you, Father, for those that are listening to this word. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would continue to rise up within your intercessors. I thank you, God, for reviving this prayer movement. And this prayer movement also includes travail 
and this kind of prayer. I pray, God, that you would give us the wisdom to discern what is in your own heart and mind and what is in our heart and mind. That you would grant the body of Christ wisdom as you begin to move and stir up on the inside of us this kind of prayer. I pray for the leadership. You would give leadership wisdom as this kind of prayer begins to manifest in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.